Welcome to the No Business Like Show Business Halloween Spooktacular. <laughs> this is an original audio drama written by yours truly. That's right. And we had incredibly talented actors to join us along this ride. Nadia, who are those actors? We had Kenley Holm, Larry Heron. And you and me. Yeah. But... Primarily, we want to thank them. Yes. Thank you guys so much for being a part of it. It would have been nothing without you. So we're so thankful. And we're also thankful for Bradley. That's right. Who the owner of... Of the Lotus Audio Studios in North Hollywood, California. They had an incredible space for us to be able to record this and bring it to you sounding crystal clear. So thanks to them. Thank you so much, Bradley, Kenley, and Larry. And this audio drama is only intended for mature audiences and is scary. So hold on to your seats. Without further ado. Enjoy. And make sure to stick around at the end for our conversation about it. Peace. This short story was inspired by actual real-life events. The names of the parties involved have been changed to protect the anonymity of the families. It was a crisp fall evening, and the courtyard to Magnolia Terrace Apartments was filled with beautiful scattered copper, red, and yellow leaves. This coveted apartment community was now the new home of Seth and Josie Kelly. Its turn-of-the-century architecture, lush gardens, central location, and rich history made it one of the most desirable communities in the Los Angeles area. You see, the Hollywood studios at the time purchased property like Magnolia Terrace to house many of old Hollywood's young actors and starlets of the time. The year is now 2017, and for the first time in over 15 years, there's a vacancy. Today, we meet the Kellys, Magnolia Terrace's newest tenants of a beautiful second-story, two-bedroom corner unit apartment. A cozy 950 square feet, but oozes old Hollywood charm. Original, beautiful, hardwood walnut floors, built-ins, art deco tile in the kitchen, and bathrooms. Everything Seth and Josie Kelly wanted. Everything they wanted, until it wasn't. Oh, it's perfect. And look, a bay window. I've always wanted a bay window. We'll have an amazing view of the downtown skyline. I wonder who's lived in our unit. Cagney, Burns. Doris Day. What a gem we found. This is where we go from a family of two to three. I think this place will bring us luck. Josie and Seth sit in the middle of their new living room floor with dozens of boxes, crates, and scattered furniture throughout. The room is chilly. And the aroma of oak and firewood chips fill their living space. A very pregnant Josie picks up a glass of sparkling apple juice. Seth, a glass of cheap, dry champagne. He grabs an old, colorful, hand-woven blanket, soft and worn. A family heirloom and wraps a shivering Josie with it. Oh, oh it got so cold. Yeah, the insulation in these older buildings suck. 
But hey, that's what I'm here for. To cuddle with. <laughs> to us and our soon-to-come baby girl, Lucille. To us. Babe, you're bleeding. Bleeding? Here, put some pressure on it while I grab you something. Oh, wow. I am bleeding. I'll be right back with a Band-Aid. Seth, always wanting to take care of his beautiful bride, ruffles through boxes looking for the first aid kit. He makes his way into another room in search of something to help stop the bleeding. Hey, babe, would that be in the box labeled bathroom or grooming or safety? I don't know, babe. One of those. Oh, man. A chill fills the room. Josie bundles up and struggles to get herself up. Her balance is compromised with those extra 40 pounds on her very small and petite frame. She manages to finally stand up and looks around. Home sweet home. How did they get so lucky? You see, Josie had her eye on this building since she moved to L.A. seven years prior. Before meeting and marrying Seth, before getting pregnant. She always dreamed of what it would feel like to live somewhere with so much history and hope. Maybe because she always dreamed of someday seeing herself on the big screen. Josie was always a little superstitious and believed that to live under the same roof where the talents of Grace Kelly or Judy Garland lived could mean that maybe, just maybe, she would fall upon the same kind of luck with her dream of stardom. Unfortunately for them, luck was not in their cards. Josie walks towards their small yet cozy window kitchenette to get a better view of the L.A. skyline. Their unit had the best view at Magnolia Terrace. She waddles towards the kitchen window. Maybe that will warm her up. As Josie makes her way, she looks out and sees an almost translucent full moon. It's beautiful. Josie's transfixed when her gaze is broken by the sounds of a wailing woman in agony. The cries are faint, yet loud and severe enough to frighten Josie. Seth? Seth! Josie abruptly turns to make her way to Seth when suddenly the only light illuminating the room she's in shuts off. Josie's standing in a dark room with only the light of the full moon vaguely peeking through. She tries to make her way through the space, but the scattered boxes everywhere and the place being unfamiliar makes it difficult. She's unable to see more than three feet ahead of her, but suddenly she feels a warm breeze and presence brush up behind her. Josie startled. Hello? Hello? Seth? Who's there? She looks to see who's behind her. No one. She cautiously turns back around, and there, right in front of her, a silhouette of a young woman wearing a white nightgown. Her skin pasty and pale. A string of pearls adorn her neck and her full lips crimson red. Josie, frozen, stands still. Her heart beats faster and faster. Her breathing shallow and gets louder and louder. Seth. Seth. The stare between Josie and this mysterious woman in white is broken as Josie hovers over in pain. She cradles her belly, a contraction, 
She's having contractions and they hit her hard and fast. Suddenly a trickle of warm water runs down her leg. Josie looks back up. She's gone. The woman in white is gone. Josie's confused, but in too much pain to give it too much attention. Her contractions become more intense. Ah! Seth! Seth! I think it's time! Babe, I found the... Seth! It's time! Time? Time for what? Time! Lucille! Oh, time? It's time now? What do we need again? Hospital bag? Babe! Where's the hospital bag? Oh, Seth! Now! Okay, I'm coming! Welcome home, sweet Lucy. We did it. Here, let me help you into Lucy's room. Oh, thank you. Careful, careful. Here, grab my hand. I'm fine, babe. Just help me sit. Copy that. Can you believe they let us take her home? And we have to keep her alive. <laughs> if I haven't already told you, Jos, you're a real badass. You've told me a hundred times, Seth. I'm serious, Jos. I mean, wow. I'm just... I'm blown away. All right, all right. <laughs> Seriously, listen. Thank you for doing that. Doing what? Going through all of that. Thank you. Okay, okay, okay. Go, go, go. Copy that. Let's see if I can get her to sleep so we can sleep. Seth, thank you. Love you. Love you more. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when the skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Just, are you okay? The frame, it broke. It, I don't know. Maybe I'm hallucinating. I just, I'm just, I don't know. I'm, I'm so tired. Can you, can you try getting Lucy back down? I think I need sleep. I'm, I don't know. I'm not feeling very well. Of course. What, whatever you need. Here, let me grab her. I just need to close my eyes for a few minutes. Take as long as you need. Oh, remember, if she starts crying, rock her a bit. Oh, but if she doesn't stop, then just wake me up. I'm not sure my milk's come in, so I... That might mean she's hungry. I'll just put her back on the boob. Josie, go. Okay, okay. But also, it could be her diaper. Go! Okay! I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> Love you. Love you. Looks like it's just me. <laughs> That's my girl. Two weeks later, the Kellys are home and head over heels over Lucy. The new addition to their family is sweet but hard adjusting to. Sleepless days and nights have both Josie and Seth irritable, emotional, and beyond exhausted. The apartment is still in disarray as they haven't had much time to unpack with a newborn. Seth is back to work, so most days it's just Josie and Lucy. Josie's struggling. She hasn't slept in days. Her body's sore, breasts engorged, and she hasn't showered or brushed her teeth all week. The little bit of time she has while Lucy naps, she spends trying to unpack. Lucy's still struggling at the breast, 
so Josie pumps every three hours to give her bottles of breast milk. Motherhood has not been what she envisioned, and it's taking a toll on her. She tries to sleep, but every time she closes her eyes, she's awakened by the same reoccurring nightmare. She's taken back to the night she went into labor. Josie's in the middle of what appears to be the living room of their quaint apartment, only something's different. The boxes, crates, and mismatched furniture are gone. The room is now fully furnished with beautiful vintage furniture. Everything in order, pristine. Fresh bouquets of red roses on the coffee table. Film scripts on the secretary desk next to the bay window. What's going on here? Is this home? She cautiously examines the space. The desk with the film scripts on it. The decor. So beautiful, but where's their stuff? To the left of the sofa, Josie sees a small chest. What's in it? She opens it and finds baby clothes, a rattle, a beautiful lace bonnet when... Hello? Startled, Josie drops the lace bonnet and shuts the chest. She quickly gets up and heads towards the door. The hair on her neck stands up. Goosebumps raise all over her body. She's not alone. Josie heads to the front door, but wait. There it is again. The silhouette of the woman in the white that Josie met the night Lucy was born. The same pasty, pale skin, crimson lips, and white nightgown. Only this time her beautiful gown is dripping with blood. Slowly she walks towards Josie, cradling in her arms what appears to be a baby as she sings. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away! Josie tries to dodge her. She lunges past her, trying to get to the front door, but trips and lands on the floor. On her hands and knees, she tries to make her way to the front door. She's afraid to look back as she continues to hear the painful wails of this woman in white. Josie takes hold of the doorknob, but it won't open. She turns in search of the woman in white who's making her way back towards Josie. Her bloody dress has now left a trail of blood all over the beautiful hardwood floors. The woman in white walks towards Josie, still cradling and comforting the baby in her arms. Josie watches in panic as she wrestles with the doorknob. Forgive me. You <laughs> made me do it. They made me do it. <laughs> The woman in white grows hysterical and sobs as she cries out to her baby. She approaches Josie, and now Josie has to find another way out. She runs toward the bedroom and hopes to lock herself in there. The bedroom. But the door slams shut before she can get there. Oh, shit! The woman in white is near, and Josie gets a better look. Josie is terrified by what she sees. The woman's abdomen's wide open. Her insides are inside out. The woman in white grabs what appears to be her umbilical cord and wraps it around her neck. 
What is happening? Josie screams and passes out. Josie, you okay? It was a dream. It was her again. It was her. Only this time I I couldn't get away. The blood, her insides, a baby. She was holding a baby. Lucy. Josie, listen to me. She wants Lucy. Josie, stop. Lucy is okay and no one is wanting to take her. She's in a crib sound asleep. No one is going to take Lucy, I promise. I know what I'm talking about, Seth. Not crazy. No, you're not crazy. You're tired. And you're hormonal. And your body has gone through hell and back. And you need to rest. I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. You need rest. Josie, listen to me. Dr. Hendrick said it's very common for women to experience postpartum anxiety and depression. You've been having this nightmare almost every night since we brought Lucy home. And they seem to be getting worse. Are you taking the medication she prescribed? Are you? I'm not doing this shit right now, Seth. Are you? Are you taking the medication she prescribed? No, okay? I read the side effects. It can mess with your milk supply. And it's already hard. Okay, And I'm not going to add another obstacle. Plus, you know I hate taking meds. Jose, you need to figure out a way to be able to sleep. You refuse to sleep because these dreams are keeping you up. It's not just my dreams, Seth. Ever since we came back from the hospital, something's been off here. Come on, Josie. Listen to me. I hear things all the time and not just at night. Doors slamming shut, shit falls off the drawers in Lucy's room, and it's always freezing in there. Which, by the way, stop opening the window in there. I don't open the window in Lucy's room. This apartment's old. The floors creak. It's going to be cold. Poor insulation. And who knows why things are falling onto the floor. I mean, we haven't really had much time to put things away, you know? I mean, I'm working all day. I come home. I want to give you time. You need to rest, but you refuse to rest. I can't rest. Just stop looking at me like I'm crazy, Seth. I'm not. All this ghost shit or whatever is making whatever you're going through worse. (laughs) It's not shit, Seth. I don't know what the hell it is, but it's something. I feel it. I sense it. This place is... It's like bad luck, Seth. Please, tell me. How can I help you? What do you want me to do? If you don't want to take the meds, fine, don't. But how can I help make it easier for you? You want me to take a leave from work? Do you want to move? Stay in a hotel? No. Because I will. Whatever you need, Josie. You know damn well we can't afford for you to take time off work, Seth. I know this, Josie, but what other options do we have? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just... I'm so tired. I feel like something bad is going to happen to Lucy. To you, me. I have these... These dreams and they feel so real. Nothing is going to happen to Lucy. To me... Or to you. Did you forget who you have laying next to you every night? Seth. Seriously. Look at me. I am one ass-kicking machine. A ghost ass-kicking machine. It's not funny, Seth. Stop. Look, I took Taekwondo. (laughs) Nothing bad is going to happen to anyone, okay? Listen, I'm feeling pretty good right now. 
So why don't you get some rest? I'll stay up and I'll be right here. But... Right next to you while you rest. You have to be up early. <coughs> this coughing. It's getting real bad. You can't call in. Sure I can. Now please, just close your eyes. Get some rest. I'll be right here, right by your side. And if Lucy wakes up, I'll make a bottle with the milk in the fridge. And boom, she eats, she sleeps, and you sleep. <laughs> Oh, I love you, Seth Kelly. And I love you, Josephine Winifred Kelly. Now get some rest. Deal. Josie lays her head on her pillow and within seconds is fast asleep. Seth, committed to keeping to his promise, grabs his laptop and headphones to keep himself awake so Josie could sleep. He looks over to Josie and caresses her hair. He sees the dark circles under her eyes and the look of concern on her face. What he would give for Josie to get a little relief from all her cares and burdens. The last two weeks have taken such a toll on her, mentally, physically, and emotionally. How could he make everything better? How could he stop the nightmares? He knows he can't. So for tonight, he does the only thing he can think of. Help Josie sleep. Even if only a few hours. So much for staying up. Looks like the last two weeks have also taken a toll on Seth. With his headphones in, he falls asleep sitting up. Snoring, but not so loud that it wakes up Josie. Josie, on the other hand, appears to be asleep when all of a sudden, a chill fills the room. Josie sits. Her eyes are closed. Josie stands up out of bed, her eyes now open yet vacant, and slowly walks out their bedroom. She's barefoot, wearing only a t-shirt, and sweats. She opens the bedroom door. With every step, we hear the floor creak. She heads to the front door, unlocks it, and makes her way down their stairs to the courtyard of Magnolia Terrace. There's a strong gust of wind, a full moon, and a presence of darkness in the air. A force that is not meant to be there. Josie, frozen in the middle of the courtyard, can see into her apartment from one of the many windows in her living room. Standing there, she notices a beautiful woman in her window. She has olive porcelain skin, and her lips are crimson red. Her ebony hair is perfectly curled, and she's clothed in a beautiful white nightgown. A classic string of pearls adorn her neck. This woman looks all too familiar. She has the curves of Rita Hayworth and the style of icon Audrey Hepburn, a classic beauty. In her hands, she admires what appears to be a baby girl's white dress. She draws it close to her heart and begins to sob. You can't hear her, but Josie can tell. A mother can always tell. Then two men enter the room. They're dressed in white lab coats. Josie takes a step towards the window to get a better look. The two men grab the woman in white. She resists. They become more aggressive. She fights back. Josie can tell that she's shaking her head frantically. No, 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 no. 
Josie tries to run towards her apartment, but she's stopped by something. She tries to break away, and suddenly she sits up and gasps for air. <gasps> something happened here. Seth, dead asleep, didn't even realize Josie woke up. Now it was very clear to Josie that something tragic happened in their home. Tragic and evil. And she had to get to the bottom of it. She carefully slipped the laptop away from Seth, who's still dead asleep, and Josie starts searching for clues leading her to answers. Someone was trying to tell her something, but what? Tragic death of up-and-coming starlet and baby? Oh, my little sweet one. <gasps> Lucy! Josie jumps out of bed and runs towards the hallway to Lucy's room. Lucy! Josie's call to Lucy startles Seth awake. <gasps> He scans the room for Josie and notices the headline, Magnolia Terrace Starlet and Baby Dies in a Tragic Death, on his laptop. He hits play. P&E Studios found guilty for the cause of death of up-and-coming 17-year-old starlet Miriam Porter when an unplanned pregnancy conflicted with her studio contract. Two studio-hired medical physicians failed in an attempted termination of the pregnancy against Miss Porter's will. Ending in not only the unborn's life, but Miss Porter's. Cause of death is still classified information. Josie was right. Josie? Lucy! Josie! Seth jumps out of bed and makes his way to the hallway. Just as he reaches his bedroom door, it slams shut. Something slams Seth across the room into the back wall. Meanwhile, Josie follows the lead of the voice she hears because where the voice is, her Lucy is. There... In front of the living room bay window, the woman in white sits in a rocking chair. That woman is the ghost of Miriam Porter. And she cradles Lucy in her arms as she sings. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. Josie attacks Miriam and wrestles Lucy out of her arms. Seth tries to break through the bedroom door, but can't. Josie! Josie, I'm coming! Josie, with all her strength, charges Miriam and wrestles Lucy out of Miriam's arms. Josie kisses Lucy on the forehead and gently places Lucy in the old hand-woven color blanket Seth wrapped Josie in the first night in their new apartment. Miriam charges Josie and Lucy, but Josie blocks her and wrestles her away from Lucy. My sunshine! <laughs> My sunshine! Miriam flings Josie across the room, and Josie crashes into scattered boxes. Miriam sings maniacally towards Lucy to get her back. Josie's overcome with supernatural strength and charges Miriam from across the room as Seth breaks through the bedroom door and races to the living room. Just as he enters, Josie tackles Miriam and they both go through the beautiful bay window Seth and Josie once admired. No matter how much time passed, Seth thinks about his beautiful bride, Josie, every single day. But today is different. Happy birthday, dear Lucy. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Dada. Yes, sweetheart. Dada loves you so much. 
It was Lucy's first birthday in their new apartment. After the tragic death of Josie, he moved them back to Washington, where he's from, in hopes of a fresh start. But how could he ever start over without Josie? Strawberry cake. He was your mama's favorite. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. A gust of wind fills the room where Seth and Lucy are. It's a crisp fall day, and the smell of oak and firewood chips fill the room. You make me happy when the skies are gray. Josie? You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Oh, no. Oh, no, what? Talk about cliffhanger. Oh, gosh. I wonder what's going to happen next. Sequel? I guess we'll have to wait till next year. I guess we'll have to wait till next year because that shit ain't (laughs) happening anytime soon. Because Mama tired. You guys, I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And we had no clue how much work that would be. Okay, I actually (laughs) had a clue. But I had an idea. Like, he kind of didn't. I hadn't. No, He's I like, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I had an idea, but it was one of those things where we were like, well, if we space it out enough, then it's not going to be so overwhelming. It was overwhelming. But if, if you're out there and you understand audio world in logic, that is 127 tracks. I don't even know what that means. I just know it's a lot. <laughs> that means I had to go in for at least 127 tracks, and on all of those tracks, had to make individual cuts, probably 20 to 30 individual cuts I per can't. track. You guys, listen. This was ins- insane. It was and fun, though. It was kind of fun. It was fun. There were This was the hard part, though. It, was, it started getting like... You're sitting on a couch, my neck hurts, my back hurts from back, bad posture, like we need massages, guys. <laughs> you can you can Venmo us for listening <laughs> to an amazing fun. story. Yeah, massage fun. No, seriously though. Um, it was great. It was a lot of fun. I think with creative projects like this, I always find that I get excited kind of at the top. And then when we get into like the hard part of it, I get like, oh shit. Like, you get this real is beat. Fun crazy like come (laughs) on why are we doing this and then you start to hear pieces of it yeah and then you're like okay i can't wait for this to be done and then we've just listened to it after working on it like pretty nonstop for the last three days um in between our son's nap time and bedtime and basically like our living room is in complete disarray at our apartment yeah. and us. Um, but we just listened to it and I was like, all right, we did it. Yeah. Worth it. I think totally worth it. I think totally worth it. And it'll definitely be worth it tomorrow after we get a little more sleep. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. Um, and something we're excited about is like, you know, Nadia and I, we this podcast is because we are actors in LA who believe in making your own stuff. And 
this was such a fun project for us to take on together and 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 move through all pieces of it from idea to you writing it to uh, producing it to getting it to where it is now and and bringing it to you guys it's a it's a long road for projects like this especially but. when you're doing everything yourself i mean i was like damn who does this because Preston <laughs> edited this and you know he engineered it and then it was like one of those things where he had to also help me engineer his parts which oh yeah like it's just, it was just a lot like for us to take on on our own outside of like the actors that came in and you know recorded their stuff which was great but a lot of the post stuff um behind the scenes was just a lot of it fell on preston in the sense of editing because i don't know jack about logics (laughs) but it also was because i i wrote it and directed it i had such specific vision for it yeah so there was just a lot of listening and re-listening and cutting and editing and it was just it was very tedious, so it's. I think for both, we have different level of fatigues right now in our brain. Right. And I think you know the word that comes to mind as I shared it with you, Nadia, earlier. Grit. Yeah. You know, I think the real, the real truth about this business is you got to develop grit. And this was a step for us to develop that grit, because yeah. also I don't know if you can hear my voice. Also, I'm sick. Yeah, he got sick like two days ago. Two days ago, and I was like, "Oh no!" It, yeah, and so it's it's just been wild, and your neck is messed up, and not to complain, but just to just to bring up the fact that life happens, whether you want it to or not. And you know what? I think it was cool. You know what? Now that I think about it, I think it was cool that we kind of set with that. No, we kind of we set this deadline Definitely. because honestly, like if we were just like, "Oh, we'll just release it when we get done with it." I don't know that we would have pushed through like knowing that we were going to release this on the 28th. <laughs> Definitely. Probably we we probably would have come up with every excuse in the book to like, we'll just do it next weekend. You know, it's been crazy last week, you know, Preston. So I think it's just accountability and, uh-huh. and honestly just finishing what you started. And, um, that was a good project for us. This was a good project for us in so many different ways. Um, you know, it's like listening to it. I'm such a, I'm such a critic where I wanted to just go, well, you know, uh, well, I would have done this and I would have done that. But honestly, the first thing I wanted to do was like, hey, this is something I'm actually really proud of because yeah. we finished it. And were there things that we learned along the way that we probably could do different next time? Of course, we've never done anything like this. Right. And I, I think that's so exciting to just see what uh, what can come of it. Uh, now, when I told her about this, I was like, hey, we're going to do, maybe we'll do one a month. <laughs> that is not happening unless we build a team. Which, yes, which, if we, which that's the dream. Yeah. You know, hopefully we get to a point where we have enough listeners and and enough of a fan base where we can start to bring um, extra people into kind of like hands and feet I guess you could say to kind of help you know the back the post stuff of it because it was fun it was just a lot more work than than I thought like for a project there's just no way we would be able to do something like this every month with with what we did right like the the level of time and um just like detail and I and we what's so funny is we just 
we're recording this after listening to it in full all the way through for the first time after completing i don't know how many hours we've been working on it the past couple of days so many but literally we are recording this raw so what i'd say is myself and Nadia's already shared that we're also nervous for you guys to hear it. And the cool thing about you hearing us talk about it now is you've already heard it. So hopefully you loved it. Hopefully it got you a little scared. I know that whenever I read it, I actually legitimately was scared. Uh, it was late at night and then our hue lights turned off right at a specifically scary part of the script. So a lot of stuff happened for me. I hope that happened for you. But there is something to sharing something that you work so hard on that you're like, I hope it does what we said it would do. <laughs> well, the thing is that there's like this vulnerability, right? And transparency yeah. of putting your stuff out there because it's one of those things where I told Preston, I was like, with the amount of work and blood, sweat, and tears that we put into this project, um, honestly, if it's like just okay, like that's gonna suck. But right. at the same time, there's, you know, I feel like with all these things, it's like you can only get better and grow as you do it. But it's just like, oh my God, you just, you know, it's not about like, you know, you don't need everybody to approve everything that you do. But at the same time, it's like when you put something out there that you are hoping to entertain somebody, it's like you really hope that people enjoy it and entertain and are entertained by it. Totally. So that's really our hope for this. And it's and a fun little story for Halloween. I'm a big freak. I'm, I literally, I think, <laughs> did we not edit or did we st that night that we watched The Conjuring? What? No, no, we didn't edit that night. We just chilled. Yeah, I think it was just like, it was crazy. We were beyond exhausted. We, we Maybe he started editing already. Had we started? I don't know. It doesn't matter. All the days have like basically like lumped into one. But, you know, I'm the one that loves like just scary, scary movies. <laughs> and so um, this was just fun to attempt. Definitely. And also what I was going to say too is... It came to life for me when we had Larry record his um, part first, and and literally it, everything that you and I had like talked about and imagined came true in that moment, and I was so excited because just I mean he's such a great actor and he has a great voice, and when that started off, and then when we got to the studio with Kinley, I was just like, what are we gonna? This is gonna be amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it was just really cool to be able to have people jump on board that brought so much and also were so excited about the project. Yeah, that was and really great. That was such a, an incredibly uh, satisfying time. Um, part of the a, process. A, a part of the process. For sure. Yeah. And I'm for grateful sure. for that. And I'm grateful for those guys. So thank you guys. Yeah, thank you so much. And also we had a table read here, you know, for the script. I want to sh say a shout out to those who came to our house uh, for an hour and a half. Yeah, it was you. just to read it. We wanted to hear it out loud. I knew, I read it a couple of times, but it was it's just different to kind of hear it out loud a little bit. It helped so we us. had some friends just come and read it and, you know, kind of just ask to see like if anybody had notes or you know, any feedback and it was pretty well received, so it was like, "All right, well, let's get this thing recorded." 
And if you're still listening to this, thank you for touching in with us. Um, We're so pumped to share this with you. It's been about a month in the making and about a month and a week since we had the idea to do it. So it's kind of crazy to be on the other side of it now. Um, We hope you enjoy it. If you want to see more things like this, there's a couple of steps that need to happen before that. We need to have a a lot more team members, and that takes uh, you sharing this with your friends and family. Yeah, share it, you guys. Like. You know, this is how we get the word out. And um, with the holiday season coming around, it's a good story to kind of just kill some time while you're on the 405, the 101, the 110, the 5, or the 134. (laughs) That's right. And if you're anything like me, you can always listen to a Disney podcast afterwards. Or or wherever you are in this world. You might not even be in California, but yes, you might have to listen to some like musicals afterwards. afterwards. Awesome. Well, not... We did it. We did it. Oh, my God. It's out there. It's out there, you guys. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, know that we really put a lot of love into it, really. Yeah. Um, for you guys. And um, we're so thankful for you and all of our sus- subscribers and um, just people out there that support what we're, what we're doing here. Yeah, it means a lot. And we hope that you enjoyed it. And I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week. Peace.